Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! My name is Martin and welcome to Jobber Talk. Today we are gonna have our MWF4 Road to Fate review right here, right now in my show. So let's start off with the venue. It happened at UP, Bahay ng Alumni, the very first time I went to that venue. And the very first time I went to UP since God knows when, 2014? Since uh, short and sweet 2014. So it's been around four and a half years since I've been to the campus. And may I say it's been, it's kind of great to go back to UP. And um, right across Bahay ng Alumni is the UP Film Place or Film Institute. Yeah, um, me and John went there first, like before 6 p.m. to get some food in. And may I tell you, uh, for a 25 peso cheeseburger, it sure fills me up the whole day. Well, I still got a couple of cookies inside the venue. Yeah, I'd like to say the the venue is kind of awesome to be used as a wrestling venue. The lighting, the setup. So, yeah, since it's my first time, I'd like to say props to MWF for securing Bainang Alumni as a wrestling venue. And a part of me also feels like maybe, just maybe, this place, Bainang Alumni, can also be made for other staged productions. Like, maybe, like, a theater play or maybe, like, a concert or any other things. Because if pro wrestling can be done in Bainang Alumni, imagine the countless possibilities of other kind of events being staged there. Then again, just my brain spiraling to other things outside wrestling, which is kind of wrong because we're talking about wrestling here in Jobber Talk. So let's steer you back on track with my MWF4 review. This is the, I think, third MWF event or fourth MWF event, counting MWF level up, to be staged in UP Diliman. So awesome, right? So where do we start? With MWF4. Well, basically, let us start with Sagot Kita 4. Okay ka, striker ko. And I kind of liked it because the start already was like a Star Wars kind of scrolling text thingy to give a brief recap of people who have yet to see the first sets of Sagot Kita from 1 to 3. I, I think I missed out the second and the third iteration of Sagot Kita. So it was nice to be recapped by the scrolling text. And the entire video was like a tribute. Well, I feel like there's some awesome other Star Wars tributes aside from the scrolling text. Like the Gus clones shooting at gigs or the lightsaber battle. Huh? Lightsaber battle between him and Morgan Vaughn. I like that end part. And afterwards, apparently it was a VR simulation. And he... By he, I mean Gig Striker gets KO'd once more by Fabio Makisig for him to stay down. And he said, eh, whatever. No, it is not working. It, the ending kind of was weird. But hey, it's Sagot Kita series. So who knows what's going to happen in Sagot Kita 5. I'm, I'm betting if it's not Star Wars, it might be like another horror thing. Especially it's going to be in late October. Just in time for Halloween season. So yeah. I loved Sagot Kita 4. Now let's go to the very first match. It's Kyle Season versus Ashura. 
But yeah, the first time they battled was last year at MCS in MWF Noche Buena. From then to this match, they have vastly improved. Kyle Season was trying to get the win. He even tried to channel the Kaka Ebros and trying to do the nipple twister thing. But Ashura blocked him and she sent him to the corner and delivered a nasty Reagan to the butt. Like that thing that Eugene does to Dennis in Ghost Fighter. I hope you guys got that reference. If not, please Google Yu Yu Hakuso or Ghost Fighter. Did you Google it yet? Cool. Okay, so the ending was Ashura got the win this time via pinfall after delivering an electric chair drop bridge to pin Kyle Season. Now, after the match, their mentor, Mr. Lucha, actually entered the ring and instead of congratulating the two of them he grabbed Ashura and delivered a choke slam and my goodness if Kyle Season wasn't smart enough to run he would have been the next victim but thank god Kyle got some good brains in him and he ran as fast as he can before he gets that choke slam so yeah if you thought Sagut Kita 4 was funny my god we got this video segment between Rex, Jomar Frankie and Morgan looking for something and apparently they were looking for this genie who appeared while Robin Sane and uh, Ninja was doing some naps and stuff. Afterwards, we go on stage where the genie went on the MWF stage with the belt and all eight competitors, the remaining eight competitors for the MWF World Championship Tournament chased her to the backstage because she had the belt, damn it. And we were opened by the three guys, uh, senior analyst Tarek El-Tayek, um, Tristan Creed, and our favorite Sonny Go. They ran down what's going to happen, and they sent the action back to ringside, where it's a new match. It's a tournament match, starting off with Fabio McKissig and Brother Jomar. It's a Chinelas on a pole match, and I was a bit confused how the rules were going to be, because... I was scared if one of them would retrieve the chinelas, it was game over, whoever got it wins. Thankfully, when Fabio got it, the match did not stop and it still pursued into a normal match. Thank God, because I want me some wrestling action, so it was kind of awesome to see Fabio about to use the chinelas and said, screw that, tossing this off the ring, kicking his ass right now. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he was thinking the same thing I was thinking that time. Well, he got the same idea as he and Jomar kicked each other's ass in the ring. And I would like to say I was impressed by that package pile driver by brother Jomar on Fabio Makisig. I think he calls it the Sintensan ng Liwanag, which is kind of awesome. Another problem for brother Jomar though is Fabio is undefeated and he keeps his undefeated streak here after he delivers his patented kick to the back of the head and he pins brother Jomar for the 1-2-3. Fabio McKissig is the first to advance in the tournament for the MWF belt. Now let's go to the next segment that featured Eurasian Dragon with RG and Giggs as they were talking and then Lo and behold, we see Tarek El-Tayek there. 
He talks to them a bit until he notices someone enter, and it's PWR's own Jake DeLeon, Mr. Philippine Wrestling and the current PHX champion, who is, by the way, scheduled to be here at MWF4 to make a special message to everyone in the Manilaverse. Now let's go on to the second tournament match, a no-DQ, no-holds-barred match between two young bucks, who are not named Nick and Matt, in Morgan Vaughn and Aldrin Richards. Now I like the entrance of Aldrin Richards because he had his coat on and then he had that hammer. So it's a callback to Thor and Victor Mangtangol. If my former uh, guest could say that word that starts with an I and ends with a Y, I would, but that means I owe him a guesting here again. And we don't have that much in the budget here for Jobber Talk and Channel 14, guys. Oh, wait, that's not the point here. Yes, the point here is the second match. So before the match started, we have Mike Shannon going on stage. And he told Morgan Vaughn that he has to confiscate the mask because some weird stuff happened during the last match he had with RG. And they attributed it to the mask. It was a good call, but then again, I don't think Morgan needed it. This was one very physical matchup with both men not giving an inch off the other. They started to kick each other. Aldrin Richards delivered a great drop kick and some yes kicks to the chest of Morgan Vaughn. Morgan Vaughn fought back with a couple of double knee strikes on Aldrin Richards at the corner and on the ground. Both men went outside and it would be the first of the certain row of the audience wherein a wrestler would be sent towards their direction and the first victim was Aldrin Richards and that was something cool both men Aldrin and Morgan sent their brawl on the stage but before that Morgan Vaughn grabbed a couple of mouse as in computer mouse not rodent mouse to attack Aldrin Richards with uh, we had some CDR King chants going on a bit before they sent the fight to the MWF stage. They went back into the ring and Aldrin Richards had a very interesting umbrella that said, Die Morgan. And it was very scary. Before he used that umbrella to whack Morgan Vaughn a lot. Morgan Vaughn would grab a piece of plywood to his self-defense and attack Aldrin Richards with it as well. The end saw Morgan Vaughn delivering a shotgun dropkick to Aldrin Richards on the corner where the plywood was also placed. So in essence, after the dropkick, Aldrin Richards fell into the corner and he broke that plywood in half and an unconscious Aldrin Richards was dragged, pinned, and Morgan Vaughn wins and advances to the tournament and I believe he will be facing the undefeated. Fabio Makisig in the next match. Now, let's go back to the tournament and remember that the other matches would be Robin Sane versus Ninja Region and Rex Lowen versus Frankie 13. So we'll talk about that in a few moments. Now we have a very weird clip that was given a 30 second warning because just in case some of us in the audience would be easily offended by 
violence or violence against women and children, we could step out of the venue. It was a very mysterious clip that showed a bloodied up woman entering a room and listening to Oras ng Liwanag, I believe, which is Moises Liwanag's kind of radio talk show. And she was just listening to that while her face was visibly bloody. Her body was actually bloody. And now we go to the next match, which actually features maybe, just maybe, that lady who is Jorelli Wanag, and she took on RG, who is a protege of Gig Striker and who is also a student in UP. RG had this home court advantage with most of the audience cheering for him and doing a lot of UP cheers like Universidad ng Pilipinas kind of those chants to rally him on while he tries to overcome his opponent and his fear of the supernatural which by the way is a combination of his opponent Jarrell now about this Jarrell person now she's very scary and her offense really shows that she is a scary creature delivers some weird strikes and has intimidating looks that she used to scare the bejeebus out of rg to throw him off his game now rg rallied midway and tried to even get the win however the end saw jarell dropping him to the mat with a spinning head scissors and she followed it up with a last chancery-ish kind of submission hold that kind of knocked RG unconscious that he couldn't answer the three count of the referee as he was lifting up RG's arm. Now after the match, Jarrell set her sights on Gig Striker who was on the outside as if pointing out that he will be next on her list of victims inside the MWF ring. Now that's gonna be scary. And speaking of scary, we have another segment featuring Jarrell and Moises Liwanag. I think it was about Jarrell sacrificing this baby that she has and giving it to Moises. I couldn't grasp it because I think I was in a bad spot where the speakers were, so I couldn't understand most of the audio. But I believe that's kind of what the story is. Though if I'm wrong, please do PM me, drop me a message, and tell me what really went on, because my hearing wasn't that good. Speaking of videos, <laughs> we have this Out and About segment featuring Mike Shannon and from PWR, The Punk Dolls. Yes, Martivo and Robin make an appearance, and the three of them try to go queer eye on the straight guy kind of-ish thing towards Mr. Gus Queens and Rex Lowen. They talk to them about gender sensitivity or giving them a gender sensitivity training. Now, it might have drawn on too long because I think the point of the video was to accept everyone for their gender and their identity, which is cool. But I don't know. I I like how Rex just reacts to everything they're saying like, oh, that's what it is. Okay, I kind of get this. In a very nonchalant way, in a very relaxed state, it's like, at first you think he'd be adverse or very against the idea, but he was like all chill and stuff and it's like saying, oh, that's, that's it? Okay, that's cool. I like that. Okay, go on. 
So you're saying this is that and that is this, whatever. And yes, uh, the ending was kind of funny because out of nowhere behind him would be Frankie 13 with a box of donuts and he headlocked him out of the venue while Gus didn't even try to stop Frankie 13 and he just said, oh, uh, I guess it's time for us to go and follows Frankie and Rex Lowen out of the freaking room. And that's where we go on to our next match, which is going to be the I Quit match between Rex Lowen and Frankie 13. But before the match occurs, we have Gus Queens of Gus Global, Gus Gus Global coming out of the ringside and telling us that there's no road to fate. There's only one road, one road to love. And he adds that MWF deserves Gus to be back. And I wholeheartedly agree. Welcome back, Coach Gus of Gus Global. And this is where he introduces everyone to Danger Rex Lowen who storms the ringside. And then both men brawl. They try to get each other's arm in an arm bar, but they couldn't much. So Rex retreats to the outside, but Frankie 13 follows him there, flies over from the apron and attacks him. Now here's the problem. Outside the ring, it was Rex Lowen who got the advantage. And remember that match between Morgan Vaughn and uh, Aldrin Richards a few minutes ago? Well, guess who the lucky row of crowd members' chairs got hit again? You guessed it. Same row of chairs. Because uh, Rex Lowen just lawn darted the hell out of Frankie 13 towards those stack or row of chairs. It seems like the free early birds are getting their money's worth. Sup guys, how you doing? And aside from that, a Singapore cane got into play here and it was Rex whacking the hell out of Frankie 13 with that cane hitting him around the ringside area until they made it on the stage. Now the stage, Rex tried to do maybe a Simone drop or a fireman's carry something there but Frankie 13 blocked it and they kept the match back and they sent the match back inside the ring and this time an armbar my by rex but frankie has yet to quit so this time it would be mr rex lowen's belly to back suplex that took out frankie off his feet and a couple of seconds later we have a new item a steel chain coming into play when Rex Lowen re-entered the ring with it and he started to choke his opponent but Frankie 13 will not quit in fact it would be Frankie who'd reverse the tide grab the chain and use it to clothesline the heck out of Rex Lowen however it wouldn't be Frankie 13 getting revenge from his broken arm thanks to Rex Lowen a few months back because Rex Lowen grabbed him he grabbed him by the arm delivered the Rex trigger and wham he's out while he was out Rex Lowen grabbed a lock yes a lock so he used the chain and lock to corner Frankie 13 at one ring post and while he was stuck there Rex Lowen grabbed the painting of Frankie 13 who is named Adrian 
and he started to do some vile things to her while Frankie 13 was stuck in the corner and couldn't do anything. It would take that for Frankie 13 to finally say I quit, giving Rex Lowen the win and the chance to move on to the sem final four facing the winner of Robin Sane versus Ninja Ryujin. Now after the match, Rex wasn't done yet because he would use Adrian and smash Adrian over the head of Frankie 13. Ugh, that was very painful to see. But I'm telling you, if you want to ask me which match I enjoyed, it would be this match because it was not only physical, but you can feel the emotion coming out of both men. And that wouldn't be the only match that would show a lot of emotion in the coming minutes because we'll talk about another tournament match which involved a lot of them as well. Oh, speaking of emotions, we're not done yet because apparently one of my favorite segments in MWF4 is here. It's the appearance of Jake DeLeon, Mr. Philippine Wrestling, in the MWF ring. Now, for those who are not familiar with this guy, Jake DeLeon is one of the pioneers of Philippine Wrestling. He is one of the big stars of the other federation, Philippine Wrestling Revolution. And it was Philippine Wrestling Revolution where JDL, a couple of former PWR wrestlers, and a handful of current MWF stars like Robin Sane, Mr. Lucha, and Commissioner Mike Shannon actually started out way back in 2014. And this segment really hits it there because once JDL was inside the ring he said he was here in the mwf ring and i'm here to introduce myself as mr philippine wrestling jdl he wanted to give a special message and catch up with some of his friends from mwf ring but before he could say his special message which i really felt would have been maybe what a possible tie up for pwr home front which is happening in a couple of weeks I was thinking, hey, maybe JDL is here to extend an invitation to anyone from MWF to face anyone from PWR at Homefront. Because, yeah, it was like PWR versus the world. Why not PWR versus Dominant Lovers? However, someone had to interrupt and it was Mr. Lucha who would open up a can of worms inside a ring telling JDL that it's funny how you're here inside our ring, inside our show, when it was you and your friends who tried to wipe us out of the history books. It was funny because I'm not sure if it's real or scripted, but you can tell that there's a lot of emotion being pulled out there by Mr. Lucha on his promo against JDL. And the kicker was he hated JDL with a passion for maybe kicking him, Robin Sane, Ryujin, Tarek, and Mikers out of PWR like f back in 2014. That's what he said on the mic. JDL did counter that, well, those aren't my friends. You can call them friends loosely, I guess. But last I checked, you don't have friends here. So uh, why don't you 
you know, let me do my thing here and say my special message. But before that happened, both guys got heated up and they brawled inside the ring until Mr. Lucha low blowed JDL. And instead of finishing him off, he just left him there, walked out of the ring, went on stage, and he was greeted by a very, very pissed off William Elvin who was screaming at him and telling him that he screwed up and asking him what the hell did he do to JDL inside the ring. And that, that's a lot of things to take away here. Um, if you know uh, William Elvin, aside from being a creative director of MWF, he does do the blog of MWFinsider.com. Apart from him would be Tarek and I think Mikers who writes that. So yeah, if you want to check out some... Maybe some background reading material as to what Mr. Lucha was alluding to. Maybe they were using a certain blog entry of William. Uh, it's on the links below here in the channel14.com page uh, if you want to know. Yeah, I'll, maybe that's a good background reader. Hence why this promo segment thing between JDL and Lucha was very interesting and very, you know, something... You can sink your teeth into if you want to follow the history of PH wrestling, be it a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it it's a way for these two guys to maybe open the curtain up a bit for the fans to see like, well, yeah, we all pioneered it, but there were some things that happened along the way. Or maybe they're using the history to make a great story and well, I'm talking about it. For sure, I'm not the only one who's going to be talking about this for a long time. You know? So kudos to both JDL and Mr. Lucha on making a very compelling segment in the ring. Some might call it simple, but it was freaking effective on my end because it got me rethinking about the history of Philippine wrestling history. <laughs> Man, I, did I just say history twice? Yeah, I think I did. Well, let's go on to another match, which I find very enjoyable. It's a PWR wrestler, your favorite man doll and mine, Martivo, as he took on the howling hunter, Angelo Silva. And my God, I haven't seen Angelo since the match of him and Aldrin Richards in a tag team match. And dude, he is now more aggressive. Uh, I can notice a lot of aggression, a lot of very unrestrained striking and attacks that he was delivering to his opponent here, Martivo. Martivo tried to slow him down most of the time, but he was still relentless up to the end. It was like he was going to get the win, but he just missed that corner move. And Martivo was there to trap him with the armbar, forcing him to tap out. But you know, that guy almost got the win against a guy of Martivo's cali caliber who just recently got a big upset victory over Chris Panzer in the last PWR match. Now imagine if Hanzelo got that upset win over Martivo. That's how dangerous Hanzelo was in this match. And yes, that was very impressive showing between these two guys. And Martivo gave props to Hanzelo after the match on his promo. And he also said that, Hanzelo, you have a, a big heart and don't you dare give up on you because you have a bright future ahead. Uh, yeah, that was a very nice segment 
of Martivo after the match. Now, speaking of Philippine wrestling history, we have the history maker himself, Robin Sane, taking on Ninja Ryujin. Two best friends duking it out in a two out of three falls match for the final spot of the final four in the MWF tournament. Now the first fall was very fun to see because every time Robin Sane tried to grab Ryujin in a headlock, Ryujin escapes quickly and Robin Sane didn't notice that and he was like, wait, how did you do that? You're, what? You're there already? It was kind of funny to see that and it was nice to see them showing Ryujin's strength which is his quickness and his speed against Robin Sane's Devil May Care kind of wrestling style. I like how Ninja grabbed Robin Sane and used his head as a battering ram on the bottom turnbuckle on the ring post. Now Robin Sane delivered a sling blade, took Ninja Ryujin down, went to the top rope, connected with a 450, but out of nowhere, Ninja Ryujin delivers a crucifix pin and got the pinfall for the first fall. The second fall would be kind of similar because it would be Ninja Ryujin using his Asai DDT kind of maneuver to down Robin Sane, but it would be Robin Sane who'd quickly roll him up for the quick pin to make it one and one, and they have to go to a final fall. Now, the final fall featured a lot of roll-ups a lot of pin attempts to get the final win to advance the tournament and then we had that awesome spinning sit out powerbomb by robin sane and that drew a this is awesome chant from the maniloverse however it wasn't done yet robin sane blocked ninja ryujin's attempt for a finisher and finished him off with a spider driver one two Three, Robin Sane advances. He will be facing Rex Lowen in the final four. And speaking of Rex Lowen, Rex Lowen enters and attacks Robin Sane. Just to remind Robin Sane that he's next in line to kick Robin Sane's ass in the tournament. Now, before we go to the main event, we get a short segment to update us on the MWF bracket for the tournament, as well as. A introduction of Bendetta, I think, from Salbakuta, who made a new anthem for MWF, and we heard it a few moments later before the main event. So, speaking of the main event, let's go on to the main event. The man of the hour, Mr. Lucha, who has been running roughshod the whole show, choke slamming Ashura, low blowing JDL, getting an earful from William Elvin, taking on his. Mentor from Singapore Pro Wrestling, the Eurasian Dragon. Let us remind everyone here that the last time the Eurasian Dragon was here, it was in April. He tagged with Mr. Lucha as they won over Ho-Ho-Lun and Robin Sane. But this time they were on the opposite sides of the corner. And Eurasian Dragon announced to Mr. Lucha this that, well, this match won't be a normal match. This will be a no-holds-barred match. So I will teach you a lesson. And teach him a lesson he did as he kicked Mr. Lucha from pillar to post. 
He grabbed the Singapore cane and punished him with the Singapore cane at the early goings of this match. The two guys actually brawled at the outside of the ring again and I guess you can say a certain row of chairs was put in use again. Oh, that's not a very, very safe area to be sitting on, I guess. But they got back to the ring. Uh, Mr. Lucha stops Eurasian Dragon, delivers something, but Eurasian Dragon comes back with a German suplex on Mr. Lucha. Now, it seems like the Eurasian Dragon was about to deliver something to finish things off, but yet again, Mr. Lucha low blows his mentor just like he low blowed JDL earlier. With Mr. Lucha in control, he grabs Eurasian Dragon, delivers a thunderous chokeslam, and he wasn't done yet as he picked up Eurasian Dragon and delivers another chokeslam. He pins him one, two, three. Mr. Lucha wins over his mentor, the Eurasian Dragon. But before he would do more damage, the Senorito Jake De Leon, Mr. Philippine Wrestling, was there to run into the ring and deliver a Senorito kick to the face of Mr. Lucha before finishing him off, laying him out on the ring with an a leap and drop. So MWF4 closes with Mr. Lucha on the ground and Jake DeLeon and the Eurasian Dragon looking down on his prone body. I don't know what's gonna happen next month in MWF5 Todos Los Wrestling, but we could be sure that maybe this chapter of Mr. Lucha vs. JDL is only getting started and I can't wait to see what's gonna happen next for the next MWF show and the PWR show in between which is PWR Homefront this coming September 23 at the Powermax Center. But again I'd like to remind you guys the next MWF event will be on October 28th at the UP Bahinang Alumni. It's MWF 5 Todos Los Wrestling and if I were you I would be wearing my best Halloween costume because I bet it's gonna be a Halloween themed event it's going to be one hell of a ride for everyone next month. Now I'd like to say it was a blast watching an MWF show yet again after so long I haven't watched since April, which was MWF 1 Kasai Sayan. I enjoyed it, though the pacing was rather different compared to a PWR show. I think John was the second guy to tell me this that the pacing of MWF is very straightforward. There's no breaks. It's start to finish. It just goes on and on and on. It doesn't give you a ride. Not only does it give you a ride, it's like it grabs the audience and takes you on a ride. Now, some people may like it. Some people may not like it, the pacing. But for me, I kind of like it because if we kind of had a 10 or 20 minute break we might have ended a bit later and I'm glad they're maximizing their time by going straight all out though that does mean I might have to control my bladder because sometimes I have to go to the bathroom okay that's too much information guys I'm sorry <laughs> yeah bladder issue aside yeah I loved MWF4 congratulations to everyone involved in the show and yeah, it was nice to see some of my friends there 
at the venue, a couple of people, and a couple of new friends I made across the along the way, and also some other wrestlers from the other feds. So yeah, it was nice to see them watching and supporting the MWF product. And guys, I gotta tell you, I like the cookies there that they were selling. Uh, I think it was the oatmeal and the chocolate chip cookies that were on the concession stands. So yes, more of those cookies, please. Though, I also miss the cookies by the bucket. The one that was like beside the ring of MWF at HistoryCon. And yeah, guys, that's it. That's my review. Please join us next time for another episode of Jobber Talk, which may be the review of PWR's Homefront. Sadly, as of this recording, I found out I may not be there due to some family reasons. But we will have a guest who will be reviewing it with us. So if you want to help me review it, you can PM me on the Facebook page of Jobber Talk. Yes, we now have a Facebook-like page. So check us out on facebook.com slash Jobber Talk. And you can also help this site unsuck by being a monthly patron. That's patreon.com slash channel 14. You may also follow us on the Twitter. That's at CH14. We got a YouTube account. Check it out there. And check out our other shows like Third World Gaming. I promise there will be a show about that this month. I promise. Maybe a new episode of Radio Norm. Six seasons in a spoken word tour. And some Third World Linux and Bodega Nights. And that's it, guys. Peace. Thank you.